0: Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Here he is. Oh, there we are. <laughs> hey, dude. How are you? All right. Yeah, I'm good. How has the last 18 months been for you? How like how how is the pandemic are I guess we're coming out of the pandemic now, and I guess... I mean, it, I don't
1: know. At first, it was kind of... A bit daunting. We were kind of just thinking, uh, "What are we going to do?" You know, how long yeah. is this going to last? I was getting phone calls from people saying, "I think this is going to last like uh, six weeks," Yeah. <laughs> you know? and uh, all this kind of stuff. So nobody really knew what was going on. So at the beginning, it was a bit of a bit of a shock to the system, mm-hmm. to you know, to, because nobody knew what was happening, when it was going to end. Nobody knew how you were going to survive. Um, you know, with obviously all the touring options not not available anymore. Yeah, uh, you were just thinking this is this is kind of crazy. But I've you know it's been a really productive time uh, for us. We've managed to pull uh, together the Louder Than Chaos project. We've been mm. releasing a lot of music. Uh, yeah, so it's been a really productive time, and it's been quite a nice break, really, to 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 get away from you know the rat race of having to tour uh, you know weekly uh, which is something we love doing but sometimes sometimes you need to step back from something to to really appreciate you know and mm. to to come back and and a, you know stronger and and revived
0: did you did you keep the release schedule the same during the lockdown did you did you cuz I, I know i know other techno labels they some stopped completely some cuz obviously techno is one of those things that some people just won't listen to at home. It's it's a it's a club thing. Did you were you affected? Like
1: that? oddly enough, we kept the the schedule pretty much the same. We released a lot of records, and we 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 um we you know we didn't see a, a dramatic drop off in sales. I mean, okay, there was a little bit of a, a drop a drop down in sales, but you know, in general, we we managed to um, keep our head above water, and the label was doing well during it and people were we found people were still buying the releases they were still getting engaged with the label and all that kind of stuff so surprisingly we managed to um, keep things going and without too much of a difference
0: did you find your your some of your older back catalogue, like the streaming numbers, got for those uh, as they were getting picked yeah. up in like pl- in yeah, like yeah, you know best of playlists and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, like but th- this is people re- rediscovering uh, music that they either either rediscovering music that they they, they they kind of you know listened to in clubs like a, a few years ago or yeah, people doing kind of nostalgic streams or whatever. So yeah, there was definitely. Uh, I mean, we sell quite a lot of our back catalogue anyway. It's like a big. A big part of um, Soma sales uh, is our back catalogue and people buying like some of the classic tracks on the label and, and uh, digging back. So it's it's part of our income stream anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean we, we, that did go up. A, that that was probably what readdressed the balance of, of um, you know between new sales and uh, the older stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean we were just listening to some of the back catalogue. I've like. I started playing some of the tracks just pre-stream and I was like, fuck, I didn't realise this was part, of you, you'd release this and yeah. wow, this, I didn't, didn't yeah. know, like, 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 you like, you're stuck going, wow, I didn't know this was down there, like, but wow, I didn't, and you're like, like, just yeah, from playing yeah. couple, you know, it's mad, it's like, congrats. Like, congrats yeah, congrats
1: I know. With... it's like, a, it's like, a, it's been a long journey for us and um, it's, yeah, something to be proud of, I guess, but I mean, I, I don't, we, you know, one of the things that we never really do is, is we never, we never like, Sort of try and um, relive past glories, I and mean, we're, we're always just kind of onto the next thing. We're always, you know, partly that is because we like to discover uh, new music. We like to, you know, just keep in the now, and we always like to um, be challenged with um, bringing new, exciting music to the to the to the forefront. So we tend, we don't really look back. We don't really kind of do like a Soma Classics or anything like that. We've done a couple of uh, anniversary albums where we've had uh, a few of the classic tracks remixed, but we've not kind of looked at, you know, kind of capitalizing in Soma's greatest hits, kind of, that's what I call Soma's greatest hits, volume one or something like that, you know?
0: I feel like that you getting, you get stagnant when you've got you're having to release greatest hits. It's like like get with, I, I'm I'm with like I'm fully with you. I love it's like what's next, Michael? My always my question is what's next or what's what's what have they got coming up next or what's something? I, I yeah, I just I just
1: think it's part of like the way we've all, always been and and we did we we discovered this music um, back in the late eighties. It was like it was heaven in London. I went to and it was one oh, nice. of the first nights that played house music and it was. And I walked in and just heard this throbbing music, uh, and I was just like, "What the what the fuck is this music? I love this music. It's like really, it's like nothing I haven't heard before. And I love hearing, I love hearing, I love that element of surprise. I love to hear music that uh, excites me in a a new, exciting way. And I think that's always kind of stuck with us. We've always tried to release new and exciting." music but always looking for exciting stuff to release and uh, you know we don't want to kind of tread water and kind of live on the past glories as i'd said earlier but yeah, yeah i love that i love that whole vibe of just getting excited about music because that's what it's that's what it's all about
0: oh a hundred percent like I, I i like i because i start work super early in the morning and sometimes i'll, I'll literally click on a track at like four thirty in the morning and like I'll literally be dancing around my my, my office at four thirty because it's just because I'm excited about something that's brand new and exciting. Yeah, right? so no. I, I love
1: it. And that's the dedication that, that that you need to to both be a DJ and and, and you know a label. You know, people in, you know being involved in running a label, you need mm. that. You need that excitement. You need you need to have that. You know, there's there is a business element to it, but there's also to make it you know, exciting for other people, you have to be excited about the music yourself.
0: Um so this year's is, is, is this year's thirty years of soma? That's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's really scary to think to
0: think <laughs> about that, you know.
1: Uh, yeah it is it's a really scary thing to think about that 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 30 years uh is, it will be in existence for that long. But uh yeah. I mean it's you know it's incredible. I mean we still have uh, we're still uh, as passionate, maybe more so now than, than we were back when we started it. I mean, we, when we started it, we, we started it as a, a kind of vehicle, I guess, to release our own music and get our music out there because there was no. Um, we'd kind of grow, grown up listening to like factory records and, you know, mm. fast product and all these kind of like post punk kind of labels. And for us, it was quite a natural process to, to have an indie label. So if you wanted to put your music out, you you did it yourself, you know. There was a there was a DIY ethos that came came from that era, which we adopted and went 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 ahead with Soma, and it, it was it felt like a perfectly natural thing to do at that point because we were we were just kind of hand stamping the records and kind of doing all that. <laughs> uh, you know it was kind of. And then we even tried to distribute the thing ourselves. It was a learning curve at the beginning because you know it takes a while to kind of understand the industry, understand distribution, all those kind of things that that come with running a, a, a label, especially a, a, a vinyl-based label because that's the product was then. There was no other. Mm. You, you know, it was all it was all on vinyl, so. A bit of a learning curve, but it felt like a natural process for us to get involved with. You know, we it felt completely like the next step.
0: I guess what was the what was the landscape like then? From I guess even from a from a Scottish because Scottish label point of view, there must have been few and far between. I guess as well. Well,
1: there was no other dance labels. That's for sure. There was no. Um, you know that's people called it dance you know it's dance music I don't like it you know because it was was like a really heavy rock infrastructure at that point so it was like you know you were either releasing stuff on rock labels or you were kind of releasing stuff on you know you were doing it yourself or you would try and get a record signed to someone like London Records or something like that you know you would try and go for a a major so the, the, Hmm. the 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 options were quite limited I guess you know and we had to we just had to do what we wanted to do and it I think we'd all, you know, I I used to play guitar in a band and blah blah blah, and was really interested in mucking about. You know, you're buying this music, you would you were playing it, and the natural uh, progression was you wanted to emulate that, and you wanted to, um, you know, put records out that you could play. So that it was a really really simple ethos at the beginning. We just wanted to have a, you know, an output for our own music which then started to include other people's music.
0: Um, Electric Shores says, I'm going to need to hear this band that you play guitar for.
1: (laughs) Nobody has any cassettes or
0: anything. Yeah, that that doesn't
1: exist. I mean, please, please don't let it exist. No, no, Unfortunately, that that was at a time when um, there was no uh, cell phones and cameras and stuff, so we we don't we don't really have any footage of that.
0: So yeah, so so you started so that's ninety one. You started man, that's such a long time. Um, What has been your biggest? What's been? I always find that you learn from your mistakes. What has been your biggest mistake as a label owner that you've gone shit?
1: (sighs) Trying to, I mean, I I mean, I've sort of touched on this earlier trying to distribute our own records in the beginning mm. we learned pretty quickly that um, that's just a crazy crazy <laughs> crazy idea and and that you're gonna people are gonna owe you lots of money and there's a reason why you have like a distributor uh you know a distribution company to distribute your records because they're you know they have all the connections and they have uh everything and all the processes in place to, to be able to, mm. to to collect money and stuff so yeah i mean we did it for we did it for one, One our first release was kind of done a bit DIY like that and then we, you know, then we kind of learned pretty quickly after.
0: Um, you mentioned that you kind of obviously started it as a vehicle for your own music. A lot of artists are doing that now uh, because it seems sort of natural for them yeah. to do it. What would you advise them to do, as kind of what are your biggest tips to do for, for when starting their own labels?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think it's quite hard to get noticed now because I think there's a lot of music out there. I would say that people tend to pay attention to. It's all about grabbing people's attention, and I would say mm. that uh, cool. you have to within the first three releases, you have to make an impact. You have to; it has to be really consistent with that sound, and you have to kind of, you know, because people don't always. By the first release of a label and go, oh yeah, I really like this or whatever. Sometimes it takes two, three, sometimes four. Sometimes you, you, where you see it, you see and then then you register. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. so I think it's very very important that the consistency is right and it's very important that uh, the quality is right. And you know, there's not too, much, um, you know, you're not leaving months in between releasing records you have to have quite a consistent wish bush, 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 you know has to come out maybe one a month at the beginning mm. uh, that makes a big difference i think it's just having them coming out regularly
0: i suppose and getting all your ducks in a line with like artwork and things yeah like, now now yeah, i guess just, it's social as well Like getting all the social stuff in the line as well like
1: yeah all yeah. that that's all that extra which is great for promoting your records it's another um avenue to let people know what you're what you're doing
0: have you found in the last few months that you have had a massive influx of demos that essentially people have made during lockdown during the last 18 months during uh plus all the big producers that have sort of sat on music that's just been they're like right now the clubs are open let's let's try and get it all signed and it's just like your inbox your demo inbox has just gone (laughs)
1: well we we have like a, with the team we have like um a, a weekly in our meeting on a thursday and yeah we've been in, inundated with like lots of uh things and it's it's you know i mean a lot of great music but you know what what we've been looking for is is music that kind of shines above the rest music that that uh stands out a little bit mm-hmm. um you know with the genre that we're in with, with techno it's quite easy to sound quite generic and uh, well, you know we're looking for a lot of yeah but we you know we've had a lot of a lot of we get we get sent a lot we, gen, we in general we get sent a lot of music anyway you know we get sent hundreds you know hundreds of these demos it's crazy we just get sent so much stuff it's it, 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 and we, we need to sift through it and that on thursdays we, we've got like a We've got like a, a big, you know, SoundCloud page and we're just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, And uh, but we're trying to work with artists a, a lot more now that we've got a relationship with. And we're trying yeah. to do a lot more VAs uh, various artists, EPs, to try and introduce people because it's quite a hard, it's quite a big commitment even with digital to, to let people, you know, to, to, to do some EPs of unknown artists. And it's a good way to introduce other artists
0: so is, is that the kind of production now? Get them, put them on a VA, and if they, how would how would you then step them up to the to to, to their own EP? Would that is that a sales thing? Or is it is it a, they've worked hard or?
1: I mean, sometimes the you know if it does well on the VA, then it's obviously something we we we'll be looking at doing an EP with that artist or you know whatever. Um, it's it's relatively new to us, so we've not been doing the VA thing for that long, maybe a year. Mm um so it's uh, yeah i mean that that's exactly the model that we we go with you know we kind of look for a, i mean if somebody does well within the va and then they give us new other new tracks for an ep then you know we're more than likely to go with the ep
0: uh, so i guess let's just keep, let's keep on the demos thing a minute, because obviously this we have got loads of new artists in the chat, and they all do want to kind of get signed to these labels so what um i guess what do you look for when you're looking for demos what's important for you uh as a label and what um yeah what do you what what are you signing at the moment well
1: i mean what we're what we're looking for is obviously something that fits with what we are doing within soma and and the sound but also something that has its own characteristics and something that sounds unique you know and that that's quite a hard thing to come across like we had recently this um Dynamisis that done this really interesting kind of slow uh i don't know it's like kind of new beat inspired kind of uh, adult kind of um you know electronic body music sort of thing and it was really it was different enough for us to kind of go you know this is really cool this is a really really interesting music you know and um so it's exactly that it's it's um it's consistency, and it's something that sounds a bit unusual and a bit a, a bit different to the to the pack.
0: You've just released the new. Uh, your, your, as you mentioned, you just released a VA. Tell us about the the, the, the VA. And that's like um, that's
1: like a complete lockdown um, project because all of a sudden, as I mentioned earlier, we were kind of thrown into this world of disconnect, you know, and nobody could really. Do anything, and I think like within a space of two or three weeks, everybody was in a similar situation in every country. Everybody was having to stay indoors, you know. And I, I think it's such a social industry; it's such a, it's all about connection. It's all about you know just having that connection with people, other DJs, other artists, all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought that this would have been a cool way for us to try and engage some other people in, in a time of disconnect, trying to connect and do some positive stuff um you know it gave us a chance to work with people that we respect and like and other people that we've got you know a connection with and it was uh it, you know it took probably i don't know more than a year to pull together because you know working with other artists isn't something that always happens really quickly you know? <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah we uh, the the lot we had the luxury of time so it was it was a it was a nice um process, it wasn't something that we could have rushed mm-hmm. so I mean it was a good use of the time as well to you know have uh, the pandemic and do try and do something positive with that and uh, yeah it was fun as well because like, we've, myself and Ord, we collaborate anyway uh, uh, the, the nature of the way we make music is very collaborative we, we, um, we kind of bounce ideas back and forward so it's something that we are quite used to and you know maybe someone like Perk does it occasionally, or you know not many people um, were you know doing collaborations. So it was it was a really it was a nice thing to do, and it's just nice to tap into their vibe and you know see what stems they would send and how it, how it would go. Sometimes it would just take like a, a complete U turn and go the go the opposite way. But it was yeah it was really fun to do. It wasn't it was really cool because it, the, the, there was no pressure on it. You know, there wasn't any kind of timeline or kind of like somebody going, "Is that ready yet?" or "That ready yet?" It was, it was quite, it was quite an organic, quite a, quite an easy pro- um, process. It wasn't, it wasn't too stressful, which is always great with music. You never I really bet. want the end of under a deadline or something when you're making tracks. It should be, it should be fun.
0: I it bet. should be I'm- easy. I was just gonna. I was gonna tell the yeah. so people in the chat. Uh, so the Loud and Chaos project is f- a series of five releases on twelve inches and digital, released monthly. Uh, yeah. You've done you've done one with Hector Oaks, one with yeah. How many nines is that? Nine, 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 nine. Yeah, uh, nine times nine. <laughs> nine times nine. Uh, Keith Tucker, I up okay, optic nerve, Emily Lens, yeah. Rebecca, A N D, and like you say, it's perk.
1: Kirk,
0: yeah. That's cool. Um so the first one came out, it was we with Hector Oaks
1: was the first one. Yeah, it was with Hector and um, um Optic Nerve and Nine Times Nine. Uh yeah. that's the first one. And that's the only VA in the series, like that's like the introductory um volume one. That's kind of a, an introduction to the to the series, and the next one is with Perk. Uh, and and so on and so on. So it's it's kind of um individual EPs from now on in for the next four.
0: The f- the uh, the first two were heavy. Like we were listening to one earlier. They're heavy techno. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Yeah.
1: but like, like, you know that's like, great. <laughs> these are the heavy times. You know these are like. <laughs> you know, uh, this is, this is kind of what, what people are enjoying, I guess, now there's a bit of a kind of, you know, I don't know how you would say it, like um faster, kind of exciting. I think it just, you know, techno's a really broad church and people kind of, mm. people are enjoying that energy. You know, that energy is, is something that's really, you know, um, really going down so well as a, as a DJ to play. It's something that, that, that we probably played more of in the past and then kind of slowed things down a little bit and, but and then it's kind of the, the tempos have gone up again
0: is those tempos because it because well because like, it's dark as well is that is that is that obviously last year influenced or is it just you were going that way anyway no i
1: think we've been you know like it just the music that we've been making over the last few years has is, 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 is been on that kind of vibe you know i guess it's um yeah, I, I i don't think of it as dark music though i just think of it as intense music <laughs> i think of it yeah you know i like i like dark music you know i mean, to me uh, you know it feels completely natural i i i you know i i, I kind of like music which is quite quite sinister
0: <laughs> i'm fully with you i i love it i like i i started we started getting the, the melodic techno thing in it and i was just like this is i don't like this this is not techno and then i started i started digging more for techno and i was like right there's all this dark music it's all great and yeah it's, I, I love much, know, much more thumping <laughs> I, I
1: love all kinds of i love the detroit sound I, I love that too i mean i'm really True. which is why we wanted to do some stuff with keith because because you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of what he does and uh you know i just think it's yeah i mean sometimes we'll play the whole night so we'll play like a bit of electro we'll play like some kind of detroit stuff or some mellow stuff at the beginning and then it'll it'll build up to something a bit more severe but then you know melody <laughs> is quite quite it has its place for sure within a set and 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 you know it needs it, need, it needs to be there otherwise it's you know there's no it's just boom, boom, boom all the time, and you know we, we need you need some sort of relief from that to to make the set make sense. Of. But that's you know that's some people don't do that. Some people just play 150 BPM for like you know the whole set. You know, and it's just you know I don't I, you know I prefer to I prefer to have some sort of melody in there. You know, on occasion.
0: You uh, you elaborated to the kind of process uh, a little bit earlier uh, how these how these tracks came together. Can we just talk about that a bit more? And how how do you, like how do you and Aud work? How does how was the process between you and these collaborators working? Was it a, was it a Zoom thing? Was it a bouncing back and forward? How does that work?
1: It was just a, yeah, it was a bouncing back and forward. It was like we'd send either arrangements or stems back and forward, and mm-hmm. uh, we would just work on it. They would work on it a little bit you know which is why the process took so long because it was like coming back and forward and you know sometimes it would you know it would be tweaks and here and tweaks there and you know sometimes it would change completely and uh, you know so it was it was it was different for each artist and each individual track had a different slightly different um it wasn't the, the you know the, you know each track didn't follow the, the same exact same path uh, we had the different um uh, it was uh, different for each individual one, but generally the process was that we bounce bounce the tracks back and forward, and um, just see you know see what happened from there. Sometimes I would uh, finish like we, we would finish them. Sometimes they would do the final mix down. It was, it was one of those.
0: Doc Chalk in the questions in the, in the audience says, "What are your thoughts on setting deadlines for making music?"
1: I think you should set a deadline in the very beginning of making a track that you should say if this isn't doing what I want it to do within the next hour, then I'm going to, I'm going to move on, you know, because uh, I, I feel that, I mean, this, for, for us anyway, most of the the most successful tracks or the tracks that we enjoy making the most are tracks that have come together very, very, you know, quite quickly. So, um, you know, if you're not really getting that result of the basic idea Within an hour, then maybe you should look at changing that because you can get stuck. You can you can get stuck on things. And I think what we tend to do is is we use a lot of different baselines or different you know ideas or, or, or you know revolved around the set, that set of sounds. And, and maybe maybe we'll do five jams, five ideas, and then we'll kind of go through and choose which one works the best. I think it's important not to get bogged down in making music. I think it should, you know, because it, then it stops becoming fun and it, and mm. it becomes something that, that becomes a bit of a chore. And I think when, when music becomes a chore, it, it, it starts, you know, it feels like a job and not like something that should be. You, you can feel that. You can you can hear that within in the end result, I feel. I mean, you know, like in, in the old days, we would spend probably too long on tracks and we made a lot of tracks back in the day that never that never came out you know so uh, it's it's been a, a long time kind of learning how we work.
0: How's it evolved over the years?
1: Yeah I mean I think it's become it's just an understanding of how to achieve certain things whereas like a lot of like a lot of the, the music we made earlier uh, initially we we didn't really we didn't really know what we were doing. It was like there was a lot of happy accidents, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but you know that that's that's cool as well. That's that's um, you, not, you know sometimes it, it, not being an expert in every every aspect. I mean, there's people who know everything about studios and know everything about everything, but the music shit, you know. So I, I think it's just you know whatever works for you.
0: I love that. I love a good ha- that's how ha- I love the happy accidents. They're funny. Well, before we, I'll play, I'll play one of the tracks off the, off the first EP in a second. Uh, before we jump into that, on Twitch this summer, I've literally been doing this now six months. Uh, one of the things that we have in our chat that comes from our chat, every question for every, every person that joins us, we all love a meal deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. What do you have a go-to meal deal that you, you would say I go and get that every time or similar to it every time?
1: Right. So.
0: Uh I like um
1: yeah, I going to say prawn mayonnaise sandwich with um, Yes with crisps and uh uh Coke zero or an iron brew. Eh,
0: nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if yeah, the iron ma- brew is ma- available, I'll I'll do the iron brew every time. Mine, mine is always a chicken sandwich of of uh, either the chicken and bacon, chicken stuff in chicken and bacon, chicken and salad. Uh, definitely always quavers because they're the ones. Uh, and always and now I kind of have the smoothie just to kind of health it up a little bit, you know.
1: Yeah, you could go a wee bit of avocado with the chicken
0: though. You, you could. I, mean, I don't, not, we I don't to know. We do chicken to... and avocado with oh, the there smoothie. You go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's full on, full on the health. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's a bit of fun, right? Let's let's play a record. We can have a cup of tea while we just wait. Uh, let's jump into we can nine times nine. Is it okay? Cool. Let's play this. This is this is on hate. So this is gonna be thumping. Are you ready? Let we'll jump yeah, into this. And nice. we'll, try, we'll, we'll we'll play some more questions after. right let's jump back in so yes that was that was the triple the nine times nine one that was heavy dude
1: yeah it's my favorite one on there
0: i mean i like them all
1: but i mean that one i just yeah it just it's peak time kind of heads down kind of craziness i love it love it yeah
0: i love that sort of music
1: yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that one because it, it sort of reminds me of, like, uh, a sort of old Surgeon track or something like that. It's got that kind of vibe about it. It's just quite, you know, driving and quite rough and ready, quite raw, you know. Mm. I, I love that kind of that vibe. It's It just doesn't sound kind of, I don't know, um, sanitized, you know. It's quite rough and ready and I, <laughs> and I, I love
0: that <laughs> yeah you can you can just literally feel yourself in that in a dance vlog like when going what is like you'd literally probably turn and go what the hell's this as it comes on you'd be yeah it's uh, yeah yeah so thank you thanks I'd love that sort of thing. I love I, lo- I love being surprised like when you when you come I feel like when I'm listening to technology that's I like being surprised and I like be like not a lot. The thing I love about techno is i never know most of the tracks, which is great because I just got on the dots. And I'm like, "What's this?" And then you have to go and find or dig and find it, which is I feel like yeah, that one yeah. of those tracks.
1: I, I mean, that's, that's this is the thing. I and mean, there's so many, there's so much music out there now from even the past and and mm. from the music that's the, the, that's out at the moment that you've got uh, uh, you know hundreds of music, hundreds of tracks to choose from. And I feel that you, you can listen to lots of different DJs and you, more than often you don't hear a lot of the same tracks in, in the set. You know, everyone picks up on different things, which is really cool. Whereas back in the day, I, I, with vinyl and stuff, um, I sort of feel that there was tracks that uh, everybody played. I think when, when, when now we're opened up into the digital realm, I think, you know, there's just endless possibilities of, of, of music.
0: I completely agree. Like I love that theory. Like, like so many people would be like, "It was better in the old day," but I love that there is more music and it is great. Great, the choice is so much better now. It's mad. It just it makes a job a lot harder because you've got to kind of
1: listen to a lot more music and a lot more tracks. But you know, I I, I kind of enjoy doing that anyway. I, I, great. I enjoy <laughs> just great digging and kind of discovering things and. You know that's that's the buzz of, of, of being a DJ and kind of you just discover and go whoa you know like getting that new track or you know whether that track's new or whether that track's like 10, 15 years old it it, it doesn't really matter it's you know it's just a making a discovery of, of something that's that re- you really want to play that weekend.
0: Um, let's talk about gigs. How have you obviously world's opening up now? You had your you had your Riverside uh, festival. A few years ago, I didn't, I didn't realize you were involved in that. That's really cool. Um, tell yeah. us about the Riverside Festival. How, like, I, I know a little bit, but tell us about it.
1: Oh, well, it was uh, this year was the first day we went to three years, so it was it was um, really great. You know, we had uh, it wasn't all techno, the lineup, so you know, mm-hmm. we had a lot of different people, like you know, Friday was Jamie XX, Aphrodots Ben UFO, Cole mm-hmm. Super, uh, Claire Fifi. Floating points, uh, honey. Um, Saturday was more disclosure and kind of J2G and more housing kind of vibe. So what what we're trying to screen, what we're trying to do was do like a three day event, which was diff, like which 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 each day was was different. So you know, and thinking about things in a purely promoter sense, you know, three days of kind of solid techno wouldn't have been uh, advisable. I, I think it was. It was good to kind of mix it up again. Um, Saturday was like, um, sorry, Sunday was uh, ourselves, Amley, Lenz Nine Nines, Bam Bambanu, who didn't show up, unfortunately. Dax J, us um, back to back with Cobizzle, Ellen Alien, Hector Oaks, Paula Temple, BTSs. You know that, that was that was on the Sunday. You know, and um, yeah, this is the busiest year it's been. I think down to the pandemic. I think we had a situation where. Um, people were just desperate to get out, you know, go back to fit And because in Scotland things opened a, a lot later than they did in England, um, mm. maybe for three or four weeks afterwards, we had a situation where Riverside was actually the first festival back. You know, um, no way. Yeah, so it was like, oh, this is the first one back, and uh, and it was just, it was great, like an amazing, amazing three days. It rained, rained on the Sunday for a little bit, but you know, everybody was the vibe was just off the scale <laughs> it was amazing to see everybody's back and for many people that would have been their first party back
0: that's mental congrats first and foremost Um oh thanks were you did you find that people were playing older tracks newer tr- like was it because i know i spoke to some djs in the, in the last few weeks and they were like we're playing loads of old stuff because no one knows the new stuff yet because it's all just been coming out whilst they've been locked down um, yeah, like just... I
1: remember, Scream saying to me like on on uh, on on the on, on the Saturday, I'm just going to go play loads of classics, mate, because you know these people just want a party. <laughs> you know, they've been they've been locked in for, you know, I think on you know on on the Saturday we've, we've definitely heard quite a few classics being played. Uh, on the Sunday was much, pretty much kind of all newish music or kind of you know tracks that people have been great digging and finding older tracks that they want to play or that fit with it now so yeah it was uh it was a bit of a mixed bag um but yeah it's an interesting one uh, do you play a classic or you know because you've had that 18 months uh, uh, where there's been no clubs on and you've maybe had people in the audience that have never experienced that experience before that was their first time going to 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 a party you know, because you know, I had. There's a whole, you know, bunch of people that have just never, never been to a nightclub or never been to a festival. <laughs> that
0: would have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you Did we, you get on the live stream thing during during the lockdown?
1: We did, yeah, we did. We did quite a few live streams. We did a couple of. We did. We did those ones where, in the beginning, it was like the homemade. <laughs> Kind of like you get all, all the house plants that you've got in the house, and you put them, you know, like in, the, in right right in the early days of this, people were doing them from home, so yeah. you know it, it was quite funny to see that, that that people were putting for some reason everybody was putting plants in, in, their, in their in their live streams, and then we we did a couple from um, SWG three, which is the venue nice. we do pressure at. Uh, we did Slam Radio four hundred, which was like a four hour mix, and that was really interesting because. Crazy because we we hadn't hadn't been in a venue, and um, we did. We, we, it was like a four hour set. It was really exhausting to do that four hour set because we hadn't been used to <laughs> to, to playing. But the, but it was really it was really frustrating as well because we had all the production, we had all the lights, we had the venue, but we didn't have the people. And it was just like this is really <laughs> this is really odd not having people here. It just felt really strange. But um, yeah, we, we, so we did that. We did that. We did quite a few live streams. We did um, a Soma Records one as well. And mm. that was more kind of from people's houses, you know, but, but we didn't do them every week. We didn't do, I mean, I kind of regret not doing one uh, a lot more often. Um, you know, we didn't do one every week weekend, but I mean, it, that would have been quite a cool thing to to do. I think mm. a lot of people just thought, how do we connect with people? How do we, how do we let people know we're still here even? Or how do we how do we entertain people? Because if that's what you do every weekend, you, you kind of a big part of you misses that and you kinda of want to do that. And yeah, it was an interesting time. It was an interesting time to see all those live streams and people getting excited about live streams the way they would do like going to an event. But I don't think it's quite the same. Um you know, you don't enjoy it as much, I don't think, than actually being there and getting involved.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess they playing to an empty club. That's like like for you, if someone that's regularly playing to a full club. That's that's like going back to the the early days of your career, like playing. To, yeah, playing that's playing like to, <laughs> play, playing to the playing to the playing to like the glass collector like the, and, the, and the the sweep floor sweep.
1: <laughs> that's like the promoter came up and said, "Just finish early, mate. You know, <laughs> we're gonna go. Home. We're gonna go home." You know. <laughs> That must be weird. Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's like I think it was a couple of uh gifts cut, cut uh, and, and things cutting about saying uh, you know uh, that we're kinda of making a joke about that, you know, playing mm. empty clubs like uh, you know, I've been playing empty clubs since blah blah blah. You know? yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Are you still doing the Soma school by the way as well? I noticed that on your website. That's yeah, really that's cool. that's uh yeah, every year. Uh we the last
1: year we did it digitally which was kind of cool because that's what that's something that we're looking to to develop is is you know because it's um arts council funded mainly uh Mm. it's always been about the local things so it's always been more people from the glasgow area that would come that wanted to to get involved in electronic music and, and you know, there's panels and um, workshops and stuff that people can get engaged with and get interested in. But last year, we kind of um, pushed that out and um, made it more of a global thing as well. So I think we're going to keep that, that aspect of it going. We're going to try and keep it, keep a global element, element there and, and, you know, do the, do the workshops and do the panels and everything from Glasgow, but then broadcast them
0: globally. Okay, here we go. These are questions from the audience that my my assistants collected up for my in my WhatsApps. John O'Hado, who is actually, uh, he's from Sc- his Scottish John O as well. He says, "What would you say is your biggest track that you have signed?"
1: Well, I mean, it's got to be one of the Daft Daft Punk tracks, you know, probably "Alive" wow. by Daft Punk, which went on to be a, like a like a, like a. Number one record or something, you know, when, uh, <laughs> when when Virgin got a hold of it. So I mean, that's that's like a, that has an unfair advantage. But yeah, that and some of Lars's tunes as well. Like you know, Diablo was massive. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't limit, mean, but there was loads. Like Silicon Soul, Right On was was huge.
0: You we know, that, I mean, day, I that was
1: yeah, I heard that when I came on. Yeah, that also was a, 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 a hit. Uh, when when sort of kind of housey stuff was kind of crossing over that was that was something that, that that definitely that crossed over yeah so there's been a
0: few I remember when that came out the Silicon so one that's cool
1: yeah yeah it was uh, I think it was like a big uh, DC 10 record in Ibiza it was like that's where a lot of I, I, it's one of those tracks I heard everywhere I, you know I heard you know every every techno club always had a house room and I, I would always hear the the, the Silicon Soul track wafting in from, from that room
0: yeah, when I press play, I was like, oh, I remember this track. I remember when this came out." Like, like, you get, like flood. You get the flood of like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I remember dancing to this." It was like, it was really nice, like a real nice emotion of come come through with it. It was cool. I've yeah, not really touched yeah. on the Daft Punk thing, but I'm, I'm guessing people want to know about the Daft. Like, can you tell us a bit about Daft Punk sending Soma Homework LP? Uh, tell us about Daft. Like, everyone is in the chat. Tell us about Daft Punk. So, I'm really touching it, but I thought I. would Let's go for it, I
1: guess. Oh, well, it was just, a, it was a bit of a chance, chance meeting because we were, we were uh, invited to do probably one of our biggest first gigs that we'd done abroad. Uh, I can't remember the year, 93, maybe. Can't, mm-hmm. I can't remember. We were, it was like, a, it, was called, it was called Euro Disney. It's like a big, it was a big like rave thing that was, so we were booked to do the, the techno room with Sven Bath and DJ Hell and people like that. And, uh, we were in Paris for like a week and some somebody, a mutual friend of ours, Serge, was like, "You want to meet the guys?" And we were like, "Yeah, these two young guys that make this music." And they were kind of just hanging around and we didn't really hear the music until after the after the event we were sitting mm-hmm. in someone's flat and they put this music on and it was like the it was the, the the first ep the new wave and it just sounded like really raw and brittle and kind of really cool and we were like yeah we'll sign this i like, <laughs> like 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 <laughs> sort of signed it there and then from 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 a cassette in the room and we were like yeah we're, we're gonna have this we're gonna put this out this is really cool and then but the but that music developed into kind of because uh, Thomas and Guy were kind of cut into like the Chicago thing, as everybody was. There was a bit of a kind of crossover between sort of um, techno stuff, um, harder techno stuff, and and kind of Chicago house, and that a, that a lot of that's what what kind of influenced the guys in the, the early days. But they had a real um, pop sensibility as well. So when they dropped a, a live and it was like, oh, this is this is this is really different. This is really. <laughs> really you know because it was a lot slower than anybody would ever play or but yeah i mean the the guys are um we met them about a year ago actually it took up not say i always say this a year ago um i couldn't have met them a year ago because it was a pandemic on but maybe five years ago we met them in paris again and we just um had dinner and stuff like that it was nice to see the guys but um, yeah, it was like just a chance meeting, a chance meeting that we had. Um, you know, they got the guys knew we were in Paris. They liked the positive education record that we put out, and they, they kind of wanted to 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 meet us, and um, you know, and potentially tout the, the, the EP to put on Soma.
0: That's mad. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, production question from Black Pats. What would you share some of your secrets for kicks? For example, your track Pantera is terrifying um
1: i i, I mean it's, they're all process 909s so yeah what we tend to do with them is kind of layer them a little bit as well so we'll put them into like a group track in ableton, ableton and we'll uh, drum drum bus the the, the 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 we'll drum bus them so basically we'll um just boost them and limit them and try and get as much out of them as possible um but mm-hmm. most of them are just heavy, heavily processed 909s i like the 909 because it's just it has this element where it cuts it really cuts through into a mix mm-hmm. and sometimes you you have you, a lot of kicks which are which are maybe too sub too subsonic but they don't have enough of the mid so that's why we kind of stick with the 9, we always go for that punchy kick I always i love that I, I, I prefer a punchier kick than than something that's too subby because it can get mm-hmm. lost. In the, in the sub-base and all that.
0: Um, do you have a favourite, harvesters? says, do you have a favourite piece of hardware to use in the studio?
1: Oh, it changes all the time. I mean, we're have got we we're sort of collecting a lot of um, Jupiter A and Juno 106 and we've got like a Uri rack thing, modular thing, which we use a lot. Um, it just depends. I mean, we don't, um, we, we kind of use a lot more um, soft synths now than we have done just because we like to get the ideas on. But I mean, I would say the Jupiter eight is, is the positive education sound. So that's the one that, that we, that we used a lot back in the day. That's, that, that's good. You know, that was kind of a signature uh, early slam sound. But I mean, I think they all essentially can do the same things. You just have to, you know, you just have to, you know, between effects and, and, you know, Mucking around, and you can get a lot out of a, a lot of the same keyboards. But Roland, I love all kind of a bit of a fanboy of everything. Roland,
0: <laughs> nice. Um, what else we've got? Uh, what does he think the secret flight, the secret flavor is in Iron Brew?
1: Girders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was the advert. It's like, um, I remember Iron Brew, I
1: remember. Iron Brew made from girders. But it is great. Iron <laughs> brew is a wonderful drink. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's weird. We 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 did a we did the gig in Russia and um, at the airport, and they had that, like uh, they had like they had all these like soft drinks like that I'd never recognised, and then they had Iron Brew, and I was like, Iron Brew must be quite big in Russia. Yeah, so it was a strange, it was strange thing to see.
0: Um, what? Oh, let's talk about Halloween. So you've got pressure coming up at Halloween. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, this is like a local... Um, I mean, it's quite... Because of just flying everybody in and, in and out, you know, with a lot of the, the emphasis... A lot of the things we're trying to do at Riverside is include a lot of the local talent within Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of... It's three it's clubs, shoot your shot, uh, Optimo and Pressure coming together to do like a big Halloween party uh, within the whole complex of SWG3. And And... Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be great. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. It's um, it's a become a massive night. You know, over the last, well, it never used to be big at all Halloween, but now it's now it's uh, huge. So it's great to do it, and it's great to do it with local artists. And it's good that local artists are coming together and and doing something collaborative. That's really cool. I think so too. I think it's good. I think it's good for. Glasgow's got like a, a really good club scene, really great DJs. And I think it's good to bring everybody together under one roof and, and, mm. and you know, have a great night. I mean, everybody will be dressed up. <laughs> it'll be like, you know, it'll be crazy. Some of the outfits will, will be, um, you know, I don't know what I'm to, We're doing a back-to-back with Ansem, which will be cool. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to Do you like to doing it.
0: back-to-backs? Um, we just did
1: one with Paula Temple at uh, Riverside after party Um, yeah I I love doing I love doing back-to-backs I have no problem doing back-to-backs I just (laughs) I love I love that I mean this is the thing with me and Ord we when we play anyway it's it's kind of like a back-to-back it's you know because we know I've got no idea what he's doing he's got no idea what I'm what I'm doing and uh, I just love that I, I, I think I like that element of surprise and I like that element of reading the crowd and kind of being in front of a crowd and kind of playing to that crowd at that specific time. I think mm-hmm. back-to-backs are always going to give you that unless you rehearse the back-to-back, which is just, nah. Nah, we're never going to do that. But yeah, I love
0: that.
1: <laughs> I, love, I love that whole. I mean, cause, I mean, it's, it's very tempting and it's very easy to just sort of sit and go. If you're playing on your own, you just kind of get and go on record box or whatever and kind of map out your set and kind of stick to it. Very, very tempting to do, but I mean, any time I've ever done that, it's never really—it's felt a bit sterile, you know. So I, mm. I kind of like that element of surprise and that, you know, you don't know what that person's going to play, and then you have to react to that, which is kind of cool. I think keeps you on your toes.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think um, that sounds like it's going to be a good pie. Then, like Halloween, obviously, yeah, it's, it's a big weekend now, isn't it? That weekend's going to be mad. Like, obviously, first yeah, Halloween out cool. of lockdown as well, which will be, which will be. Cool. Good
1: fun as well. Yeah, I think, and I don't think there's too many other Halloween parties on, so I think uh, I think it'll be great. I, I think it'll be. I'm quite excited about it. It's the, you know we've got, uh, Glasgow wise, we've got next week. We've got um, an night with Blascha and Alec and uh, two Manchester girls and um, Manny D. Uh, we do a kind of monthly at the sub club. Return tomorrow, so nice. that's on as well. And then we've got the the the, the big like party at the end of the month so are yeah you, you are, like,
0: Sc- Scotland's just announced COVID passports for that start from the 1st October. yeah how's how fun is that going to be
1: I don't I think it's I, I, it's not going down too well uh you know I'm all for keeping people safe uh mm-hmm. I sort of feel that doing a test before you go to an event the, the the best way to deal with that People can see through the fact that the government are just trying to get more people to take vaccines, you know, and I'm not anti-vaccine at all, I'm double jab, but I think it's, you know, you have to, you know, it has to be, if you really don't want to take the vaccine, then you shouldn't be made to take the vaccine. And I kind of feel like it's pushing people down that road out of doing things that they don't really want to do you know um you know i don't think people should be made to take them i think people should for sure do the pcr do, do the sorry the rapid flow test before they before they go and um act responsibly that way but i i don't i don't necessarily agree with the vaccine passports
0: yeah i think i think i think yeah because you don't know even if you've got a vaccine passport you could still have COVID, so it just seems.
1: Yeah, yeah, disturbing. no, and, can... and, and 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 it's whether you're double jabbed or not, which I am, and I I, I, I caught it. Uh, I caught the I've caught the COVID thing, but in Spain, so I had to stay like an extra ten days in in Spain because of it, you know. And um, luckily, I, I was okay with it, but it it affects everyone differently, you know. It's 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 um, I don't think we fully understand. How how it operates and how how it works. So I think we're still at a stage where it, there's a lot of unknowns, yeah. which
0: must be must be fun for, for creating events then, I guess.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Hopefully, we're coming out <laughs>
0: of this. Um,
1: you know, I know I've been down south doing a few few gigs down south, um, in London and Manchester and and um, out, out near Liverpool and whatnot, and mm. and i the. the because we have to wear masks, etc., uh, yeah. it, it feels like a different environment down here. I mean, everybody just seems to be like not not giving a shit really, and just getting on with it, you know. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's a it's a terrible thing for people who are affected by it. I guess it's. But I think life. I think we have to learn to to live with it rather than lock everything up. I think we have when we have to do that responsibly
0: um a question in the chat any new artists coming out of scotland worth keeping an eye on or out of glasgow even worth keeping an eye on oh you put you you're kind
1: of putting me on the spot yeah there's a girl called carotin which which does which is doing really nice ambient stuff yeah I, I, that's the only one i can think of at this time yeah i mean there's lots of lots of good music coming on the label but yeah i mean people are coming across new stuff all the time
0: are you still and you're just studying uh, Slam Radio hit 460 is up to 466 episodes now are you tell us about Slam Radio it's your yeah. own show is every week you have guests is that, the, is that the vibe
1: yeah it's well the the, the, the focus is that no one repeats um, on Slam Radio it doesn't it's not repeated it's not um, it, you know it's a new artist um, every time which oh, is great that. because it just shows you how how many many artists there are out there um but when we started the podcast or the, the radio thing it, it was it, it was kind of aimed at trying to bring techno into the forefront because there wasn't mm-hmm. that many of the those kind of podcasts doing it at that point so that was the initial aim of it and it's and, and I can't believe we're 460 um down the line you know it just seems it seems crazy to, 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 to we're down that far, but um, yeah, it's a, it's another labour of love. It's another um, <laughs> trying to introduce new music into the scene, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah.
0: I, f- I feel that with my data transmission podcast, it's like a labour of love. You just it's like has to go out on a Monday, it has to go out on a Monday morning, or it has to go. I like yeah, I feel like yeah, it's no, labor- I can't.
1: It can't be late, no. No, yeah, no. <laughs> amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you if you're if you're
1: late uh, broadcasting, you're letting down uh, <laughs> thousands
0: and thousands of people. <laughs> that's it. You, also, for me, it's like you're letting down every other person that's ever delivered on time. Like you are. Like I'm. Like I've emailed people going, you realise you may be the first person ever to not release on a Monday, and, and then you get an email going back, I'll have it in an hour. You'll have it in an hour, and I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you're late <laughs> um, oh mine's never it's all good always on a monday wicked um i think we're there are we there we've got no more, no more questions in the chat thank you so much for joining us afternoon it's been so good to see you and good to speak to you you no, been...
1: pl- likewise pleasure pleasure um, thanks for having us
0: best of luck for halloween and for for the label going forward thanks man We really appreciate
1: see you it soon. cheers see you soon. take care Bye-bye. Bye bye